Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. So he's reminding them, he's saying, don't you remember I told you that the Holy Spirit is restraining the Antichrist? And then once the church is removed in the rapture, and the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, you don't want to be here, left behind. Why? Because all hell is literally going to break loose. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Second Thessalonians. Though it may not feel like it sometimes, evil is being restrained and limited from its full measure on earth by the Holy Spirit. Today, Pastor J.D. will describe the end times and what it'll be like when evil will be unrestrained during the tribulation. The Holy Spirit, though not holding evil back, will still continue to save and seal believers. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're in 2 Thessalonians and the second chapter of 2 Thessalonians. So today's going to be verses 4 through 12. I'll ask you to turn there, follow along as I read. The Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit to the church in Thessalonica, and he says, verse 4, He, speaking of the Antichrist, will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember, verse 5, that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For, verse 7, the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who now holds it back or restrains will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then, verse 8, the lawless one will be revealed, whom, and I love this part, can't wait, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. That's the second coming, actually. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. Interesting. And all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish 
because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Wow, wow, wow. So I want to talk with you today about lawlessness and specifically as it relates to what Paul refers to concerning this lawlessness already being at work. As I've mentioned in prior weeks, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 could be a caption under a picture of everything that we're seeing take place in the world today, particularly here in the United States of America. What follows is really a detailed prophecy about what's going to happen after the rapture of the church. Very important. First, after the Antichrist has been revealed, the Jews will rebuild their temple, not before. Now, back in verse 3, which we spent last week on, just that one verse, very in-depth, we're told that the tribulation hadn't started and won't start and can't start until the departure slash rapture happens first. And then the lawless one, the man of sin, the Antichrist, will be revealed. So that's the order. The tribulation hasn't started. They thought it had. Which is why he writes this second letter to clear that up. No, you didn't miss the rapture. Which, by the way, interesting. Think about this. They had received this forgery of a letter as if from Paul, saying that they were already in the tribulation. And they were so freaked out by that. Why? Because if they were already in the tribulation, that meant they missed the rapture, which means that they knew the rapture was before the tribulation. I really hope you got that because that's the best I got and that's the best way I can explain it. So last week we in depth looked at verse 3 and how what he is saying in verse 3 is that the rapture happens first, then the Antichrist is revealed. That's verse 3. Now, here in verse 4, we're told that the Antichrist, once revealed, will exalt himself, so much so that he will set himself up in the temple, the rebuilt temple, and proclaim himself to be God, and demand to be worshipped as God. What this tells us is that the temple that's going to be rebuilt 
would likely have to be rebuilt at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. I would venture to say, and I'm not alone in this belief, that part of the seven-year peace agreement, which we're going to talk about in a moment, will include the Jews being able to rebuild their temple. That'll, In fact, to me, that's what's going to convince them to sign on the dotted line. Why? Because Israel today will do everything and stop at nothing to have their temple. They'll give up whatever it takes. So we're told that the Antichrist will set himself up in the temple. That means the temple has to be there. Well, Daniel 9.27 comports with this. This is, again, a very detailed prophecy. Daniel writes, he, again, speaking of the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. That's the seven-year tribulation. By the way, I should parenthetically say that the rapture is not what starts the tribulation. The peace agreement is. That's what commences the seven-year tribulation, the seven-year peace agreement. So we're told that the Antichrist will, it's actually a very interesting word in the original language of the Hebrew Old Testament. It's the same word in my native tongue of Arabic. It's the word hikbir. He, he will confirm, hikbir, make greater, superior, spectacular, this agreement for a period of one seven. That's the seven years. Now it gets even more detailed. In the middle of the seven, at the three and a half year mark, he, again speaking of the Antichrist, will put an end to sacrifice and offering, and at the temple, which has already been rebuilt, like Paul is saying to the Thessalonians, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Now what is this abomination that causes desolation? Some speculate that he will sacrifice an unclean animal. There is a precedent for that in Israel's history. Others suggest that when he demands to be worshipped, sets himself up in the temple as God, demanding to be worshipped as God, that will be an abomination in the eyes of the Jews. And that will cause the desolation that Jesus refers to in Matthew 24, in what we affectionately refer to as the Olivet Discourse. Listen to this, beginning in verse 15. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, that's the verse we just read, Jesus is referring to that verse we just read about the abomination of desolation. When, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, in other words, not just the holy place, but the holy of holies where the ark of the covenant was, where the Shekinah glory of God was. That's where he's going to set himself up. 
Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea, this is to the Jews, flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe, verse 19, to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Why? Because on the Sabbath and during the winter when it snows, particularly in Jerusalem, all transportation and movement is completely shut down. And what Jesus is saying is, at the midpoint, this abomination that causes desolation, and the Jews will realize this is not our Christ. This is a false Christ, the Antichrist, and that is what they are going to need have happen in order for them to come to a saving knowledge of their true Christ. So they're going to flee Jerusalem, flee Israel, to the place, Revelation says, in the wilderness that God will protect them for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation. Many believe present company included that that place is Petra in modern-day Jordan. And this all happens at the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation. Now, when this happens and the Jews flee after this abomination that causes desolation, we're told, verse 21, Jesus speaking, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And then he says this, very interesting. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. In the context of this passage, Jesus, in speaking of the elect, is referring to the Jew, his people. That tells you something about the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation that it will be so horrific and unthinkable during the last three and a half years that were it not for God intervening and shortening the days, in other words, if they were prolonged or elongated, no flesh would survive. In verses 5 through 8, we're told that the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way. Here, Paul asks them this rhetorical question of whether or not they remembered what he told them when he was with them. Namely, about the Holy Spirit as restraining the lawlessness, the lawless one, the Antichrist, and his secret power of lawlessness which will be already at work. Let me again just kind of parenthetically say, this is important. You would think that, okay, well, so why do we need to have this detail? Why did God deem it necessary for us to know that Paul 
is telling them, don't you remember what I taught you when I was with you? Why is that important? Because this is a new church with young believers. And we know from the book of Acts that Paul only spent maybe a few weeks there before he was literally ran out of town. So what this is saying is, Paul, to these new believers in Christ, this new church was teaching them Bible prophecy. I'm just going to let that sink in for a moment. Don't you remember what I taught you when I was with you? You know, I have to say that when I first came to Christ back in 1982, I was 19, but um, I remember just early on always having an interest in Bible prophecy. And now 38 years later, I can stand before you and say that it was that interest in Bible prophecy that really helped me get grounded in God's Word. So he's reminding them, he's saying, don't you remember I told you that the Holy Spirit is restraining the Antichrist? And then once the church is removed in the rapture, and the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, you don't want to be here, left behind. Why? Because all hell is literally going to break loose. And you'll forgive me for saying it that way. Now here's the thing. We see what's happening in the world today, the lawlessness that's taking place. Man, I saw a couple of videos this last week. One I could not finish watching um, about what's happening in that uh, zone in Seattle. So apparently there's now a couple of people have been killed. Please don't go in. One video of someone uh, that's in that zone, I mean, she's weeping, almost convulsing. She said, you have no idea what's going on in here. Some of the the evil that is taking place, the lawlessness. And what we're seeing right now with Black Lives Matter, this was planned over 100 years ago. It is right out of the playbook. It's according to the script. The, The communist agenda, the Marxist agenda, has planned to exploit and expose the one weak spot in this nation to destroy this nation. You know what that weak spot is? Race relations. So they're pitting the blacks against the whites, and it is completely destroying this country. It was planned all along. That was their plan. So... Once the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, is not removed from the earth, the church is removed from the earth. The Holy Spirit is just taken out of the way. Okay, go ahead. You know, you've heard that expression, you ain't seen nothing yet. (sighs) Well, let me just say, you ain't seen nothing yet. What's coming? Once the restrainer, the Holy Spirit is out of the way, and we've been raptured, it's going to make this look like child's play. Very interesting. In Matthew 24 again, prior to Jesus talking about this abomination that causes desolation, he makes a very interesting statement here recorded in verse 12 of Matthew 24. He said that because lawlessness will abound, 
the love of many will grow cold. This is, well, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. This is what will mark the time of the end prior to the return of Jesus Christ in the rapture of the church, and it's happening exactly as we were told it would. Okay, verses 9 through 12. What happens next? Well, we're told that God himself will send a powerful delusion, a a strong deception. (laughs) Now this is interesting for a number of reasons, chief of which is that Paul is providing us details with great specificity. Notice, the coming of the Antichrist will be in accordance with how Satan works, displaying power through signs and wonders. And not only will this serve the lie, interesting, the lie, God himself sends them this powerful delusion so that they will actually believe the lie and in so doing be condemned. Now this might jam some people's gears. I need a more modern metaphor. Crash some people's hard drives there. That's better. That doesn't sound fair. You mean, in the midst of all this lawlessness, the restraint of the Holy Spirit's out of the way, the church has been raptured, all hell is breaking loose, the Antichrist has been revealed, and God is going to like add insult to injury and send this powerful delusion so that they're going to believe the lie that serves the lie, and he's even going to allow, and make no mistake about it, nothing happens unless God allows it. Whoa. That really crashed the hard drive, didn't it? Wait, you mean that God is allowing everything that we're seeing happen right now? Yeah. Why would he do that? Because in the end, it serves not the lie. It serves the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no way to the Father except through me. God will never allow the devil to do anything unless ultimately, in the end, it's for his glory and our good. Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking you through the book of 2 Thessalonians, a New Testament letter that gives practical application of faith in Christ, as well as information about the end times. There's much more to learn, so be sure to tune in again for In Spirit and Truth. If you'd like to hear more from this teaching or other messages from Pastor J.D., visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com today. You can also download our mobile app, allowing you to carry biblical teaching with you wherever you go. You'll find a link to download this at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mideast Prophecy Update. 
In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies of the Bible, including those found in 2 Thessalonians, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these updates on our mobile app as well as our website. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to join us for our worship services this weekend. You'll be able to get service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website. One more time, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you've been encouraged by this teaching in 2 Thessalonians and that you'll continue studying this fascinating book on your own. Tune in next time for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. With you always.